Good morning and welcome to MorningEncouragement.com. My name is Glenn Siepert and uh, it is awesome, very awesome to have you here uh, this morning. Morning Encouragement is a blog that I write on uh, a couple of times a week, uh, a couple of, of posts a week, and then on Saturday typically I do a vlog or a, a video blog. And really the, the objective of MorningEncouragement.com is to encourage you, uh, to inspire you, to push you forward into your day and all that God has for you. Uh, this is a podcast, and I call the podcast Blogs to Go. Essentially, what I do is I, I talk through the the post that I put up on a given day. So if you don't have time to sit and read it, or you kind of want to just listen to it while you're getting ready for work, or on your way to work, or you're on a break, or whatever, you, you can do that. You don't have to sit and read it. You can kind of multitask, I, I guess you could say. But uh, hey, it's really great again to have you here. I'm really happy that you stopped by. You can download the Morning Encouragement app if you want to in the Apple App Store. Uh, You can also find the podcast in the podcast app by searching Morning Encouragement. You can look me up on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all those fun places, and uh, we will connect for, for sure. So I hope that you enjoy this post. I hope it encourages you and inspires you and that you have a super, super day. So today's entry is called Your Story Isn't Over. And man, I've been really excited to to write this post and to share it with you. I think that this may be one of the maybe one of the most encouraging posts that I've written in a long time. And I say that, I feel like I say that all the time because I mean this is morningencouragement.com. All of the posts should be encouraging, but I'm kind of biased towards this one. I I was thinking, I read something in a book a while back, and I remember when I read it, I was like, that's really good. Then I started to think about it and process it a little bit, and the more I did, the more that deep inside of me, something began to shift, and uh, I'm just super excited to share this uh, with you. So I learned something really interesting uh, the other day, a couple weeks ago, about U.S. history. Now, I've got to admit uh, right off the bat, I have never been a big history guy. Uh, like, in fact, it was one of the worst classes when I was in school. I remember taking world history in high school. I mean, who remembers that, right? World history. Uh, all the names, the dynasties, no matter how many hours I studied, no matter how many different methods I used or to try to remember what I needed to know, I mean, I just, I just couldn't get it. And then you had U.S., U.S. government. Uh, everybody in high school enjoyed this, but again, I hated it. You know, I mean, learning about the government, politics, the history of how it all came to be, who cares, right? I mean, I guess I guess it was interesting, and I might even enjoy it now, but like back then, all I really wanted to do was go outside, play baseball, play wiffle ball, throw a baseball around, play video games, and just like school, leave me alone, right? Like get me out of this this class. It was horrible. And don't even get me going on college. I mean, holy moly! I remember Monday morning, uh, eight a.m. class. It was called uh, World <laughs> World Civilization with Doctor David Weir. Now this guy, his name is last name is W E I R. His first name is David. 
Uh, so his opening joke for like every semester, I had him for two semesters because I had to take two different history classes with him. His opening line is, uh, my name is, is Dr. David Weir and my uh, last name is Weir, W-E-I-R. First name is David. So my email address is weird at nyack.edu. And it was funny, you know, but this, ah, oh, man, that's like the only thing I remember from that class. It was, it was horrible. Uh, so I just don't like history. I didn't, I never liked history classes, but the other day I learned something that was super interesting and I wanted to share it with you this morning. It, it seems that in the year 1770, now I'm, I'm going to say, I, I looked all this up in various different sources. So I think I've got all the information correct. I'm not a history guy. If you are, and I get a minute detail wrong, uh, I apologize, but I think I have all of the big pieces in place here. So it was 1770. Uh, which was six years before the Declaration of Independence was was signed, sealed, and delivered. And in 1770, a 15-foot statue of King George III was assembled and placed uh, right on the spot in Manhattan, where present-day Manhattan, where Broadway meets Bowling Green. Uh, so it was it was placed there, along with these other statues, to announce and celebrate. Uh, that the British had won the Seven Years' War. Uh, what the Seven Years' War was about, I'm not 100% certain, but apparently they put these statues in place in Manhattan, um, in, the, in the American colonies at the time, uh, to announce and to pronounce that, hey, the British are awesome, and they won. So it was a sign of dominance, right? A, a picture of of power. And, and really, it was like a slap in the face, you know, to everybody who opposed the king. So now fast forward to July 9th, uh, 1776, after the Declaration of Independence was signed, and, and General George Washington's troops march straight up to the statue of King George III. So they, they march up to the statue, they take two ropes, lasso it around the statue, and they pull the statue down. They then broke this thing into pieces, put it in wagons, took it down to the wharf, threw it on a boat, and sailed it up the river to Litchfield, Connecticut, where the statue of King George III, who, who many say was like a taxation tyrant, uh, was melted down and made into 42,099 musket balls. Okay, not 42,100, 42,099 musket balls. No joke. They took the statue... They chopped this thing into pieces, melted it down, and turned it into bullets. Okay, now, this was a crazy move on the port, on the part of Washington and his troops uh, because it was their way of saying to the British, you know what, we're done being under your control. Uh, we're sick of you. We're sick of your taxes. We're sick of your attitude. And you know what, we're declaring our independence. So you can take your statue and you can go sit on it, right? Like they were done with the British. Now, here's the ironic kicker. This is, this is great. This is the point of the story. Okay, when they tore down King George III, melted him down, turned him into 42,099 bullets, okay, they used those bullets to then shoot back, to shoot at King George's army, right? So the very statue that King George had built to intimidate those in the American colonies was chopped up and used to fire back and kill his own army. Now, I think that's a great story, right? I wanted to tell you about this because there's a Bible verse that I think uh, this story really illustrates. It's in Genesis chapter 20, 
and it's the story of Joseph. And he says to his brothers who tried to sell him into slavery, he says this, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Now you might remember the story. Joseph, uh, who was a young boy at the time, had a dream. And he had a dream that he would be a great king and that he would rule the land. Okay, but his brothers didn't like his dream. And so they got sick of hearing about it and they sold him into slavery. Okay, now let me pause the story real quick. Uh, Not everybody is going to like your dream. Okay, did you get that? Not everybody's going to like your dream. You're going to have dreams for your life. You're going to have things that you believe that God has instilled in your heart. And you're going to have people who are going to fight you every step of the way because they're not going to believe in you. They're not going to believe that you have the right to have that kind of dream. Okay, and you're going to have to push through it and continue to believe. Okay, not everybody's going to like your dream. That's what happened to Joseph. So what they did is they sold him into slavery. Uh, Joseph became a slave. Things happened, ended up in prison. Okay, and then after a long series of events, we're talking years and years and years, he ended up becoming Pharaoh's right-hand man many years later, where he once again came face-to-face with his brothers. Okay, so Joseph grows up, he goes through slavery, goes through prison, uh, things happen, he becomes uh, liked by Pharaoh and gets thrown at the Pharaoh's courts and he becomes Pharaoh's right-hand man. So Joseph's in charge now. His brothers come and he's face-to-face with his brothers. Now his brothers are afraid, right? Joseph, is he going to kill us, right? Is he going to send us into slavery? Is he going to put us in jail? But rather than get revenge, what Joseph does is he recognizes that what they meant for evil... God used for good, and God made his dream come true. So, so I guess you could say that, that God took his brother's plan, uh, tore it down, chopped it up in a million pieces, molded it into 48,000 bullets, and fired it back at them, and made Joseph the most powerful man in the world, second only to his boss, Pharaoh. And so that's what I wanted to tell you this morning, right? God can use evil. He could use the evil bad, scary, unfortunate circumstances of your life for good. He can use them to make his dreams, his dreams for your life come true. He can tear them down. He can chop them up. He can mold them back into bullets that he will fire back at the devil. And everybody who longs to see you fall flat on your face and help you move little by little, step by step into the dreams and purposes that he has for your life. Okay, just because there might be a giant statue of a tyrant standing in the middle of your life does not mean that God is going to let it stay there. Okay, just because you lost your job, right? Maybe you're King George, maybe the statue is you lost your job. Or just because you your finances have hit rock bottom, uh, your health took a turn for the worse, you lost a loved one, a relationship ended, a dream feels far away. Okay, that doesn't mean that it's going to end here. Uh, things might not turn out like you planned, they might not turn out like you hoped. Okay, but but one thing I guarantee you is that God is bigger than the giant statue of a problem. Okay, and he is more than capable of flexing his spiritual muscle, pulling that sucker down, chopping it up, and throwing it right back in the face of the devil. Okay, your story is not over. Just because it's dark today, just because today you're standing in the shadow of the statue, that doesn't mean that you're gonna stay there. That doesn't mean that this is gonna end badly. Okay, what the devil means for evil. God uses for good. Okay, you watch. I promise you good is coming in some way, shape, or form if you look for it. 
Okay, you will find it. Good is on its way into your life. Look for it. Believe it's coming. I know it is. That's what the Bible says. What the devil means for evil, God uses for good. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the people who are listening to this, God. I pray that you would meet them where they are. I pray that whatever they're going through in their life, that you would you would meet them in that place, that you would help them to see the good, that you would show them uh, that you are greater than the power that is coming against them. God, I know that you are. I believe that you are. Your word says that you are. So in the powerful name of Jesus, would you stomp on their problem and would you usher good into their life? Would you use today, whatever the circumstances are, good, bad, somewhere in the middle, would you use today to draw your people closer to you, to teach them more about you, to deepen their faith in you? Would you guide them, protect them, give them wisdom, and shower them with your love? And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.